I'm Jessie Aredia, and you're listening to Soul Care for the New Mom, a podcast designed with new moms in mind, where we talk about what it looks like to thrive in motherhood as the free, confident, joy-filled women God has called us to be. Before we jump into my conversation with Diana Kerr, who I will be introducing to you in a minute, I do just want to go ahead and invite you to my Soul Care for the New Mom Facebook group. Now, this is a free community of us moms who are, you know, we're in the same season of motherhood. We're trying to grow in our faith. We're wanting to be encouraged. We're wanting to feel empowered. And here's what I guarantee you. When you join my Facebook group, you will be surrounded with other women who are hungry in the same way that you are. And I mean hungry for freedom, hungry for joy, hungry for confidence. I love when I show up live in my Facebook group to give you guys either a training or a workshop or just to offer some strategies and tools to help push you forward. And I love when I see in the comments that you guys are banding together, literally encouraging each other and supporting one another. And that's exactly the kind of community that I've dreamt of building. So if you are interested in joining, you can go ahead and click the link in the show notes or you can type in soul care for the new mom in your Facebook app and find our Facebook group. Um, This is just a great community and I really do hope that you join. Now, let me tell you a little bit about our guest for today. Diana Kerr is a life coach and specifically for go-getter Christian women, which resonates with me because I think that I'm one of those women and maybe you are too. Um, What I love about my conversation with Diana is that we talk a bit about spiritual warfare. You know, we talk about lies that Christian women are believing today, um, especially when it comes to pursuing their goals or pursuing what God has for them. Um, We talk about busyness and how it can be easy to feel overwhelmed in the busyness and what it looks like to find freedom from that Um, and just also how to surrender your motherhood journey and and surrender your business journey to God. Um, It really is just it's so encouraging to get to hear from another woman who who just has this passion for encouraging and inspiring women in the ways that they're being called by God or, or are being equipped by God to do great things. So I have no doubt in my mind that you are going to love this conversation with Diana. If you would, go ahead and take a screenshot of this right now, of you listening to this podcast, and go ahead and put it in your Instagram stories and tag me, at Soul Care for the New Mom, because I want to know that you're listening, and I also want to know, how is this encouraging you? Is this speaking to you in some way? Is it pushing you in a different direction? Is it maybe encouraging you in an area where you've been feeling alone or discouraged? Um, It really does mean so much to me when I get to hear from my listeners and get to see that you guys are listening, Um, so I would love if you would do that and as always I also would appreciate a review because this definitely helps other moms find the podcast in their Apple podcast app so if you haven't already please 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 feel free to leave an iTunes review all right without further ado let's dive into my conversation with Diana hi Diana welcome to the podcast how are you today hey Jesse I'm awesome how are you doing I'm doing really well very busy but Doing well. Really excited <laughs> to get to talk to you. I know that we Thank just chatted you. a little bit before and oh gosh, I just feel like you have so much good insight that you're going to be giving us today. So I'm really excited. That's very kind. I love what your podcast is about. It's such a great message. Thank you. Um, will you tell the listeners a little bit about who you are? Um, what is your family and what does this season of life look like for you right now? 
Of course. Yeah, I live in Milwaukee, Wisconsin with my husband, Kyle, and our two-year-old, Harrington, and also trying to grow our family currently. And uh, my husband works a normal nine to five, and I work three days a week as a business owner. Uh, I'm a certified professional life coach, and my niche is go-getter Christian women who are typically a little bit overwhelmed, especially because they're so driven and have so much they want to accomplish, but who just really want some help to really, really live life intentionally and on purpose, not just for their own sake, but really for others and for the kingdom of God. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like that's such a a needed area. Like, I think that there are a lot of Christian women these days who they have that drive, they have that, these goals and these dreams, but I think that it is easy to kind of fall into maybe some unhealthy patterns of busyness mm. or distractions. So can you kind of tell me a little bit about how did you even get started as being a coach for go-getter Christian women? Like, what did that even yeah. look like for you? And what what is your heart behind it? Like, where did that come from? Yeah, yeah. I started blogging in early 2014, not necessarily with the intent to start a business from that, but mostly because I felt like I wanted to share honestly with people what a mess my life was. And um, I, uh, I, if you know me, you know that I have rheumatoid arthritis and I was really in the thick of a lot of intense things related to that and with my health. And I was in a job that I was really excited about. My background is in nonprofit fundraising and communications. And I was in basically my dream job, but I was super stressed out and struggling with anxiety. And my therapist basically said, you need to either go on medication or quit your job. And um, so I was just in a very challenging place in life and just amazed at how many people still thought that I had it all together. So I basically started blogging just to be like, my life is hard. It's not going well. And I'm fighting for joy in the midst of this and kind of sharing some things that I was doing or things I was learning in books or whatever. And it took off a lot more than I expected. And I started getting opportunities to get paid to write here and there. And ultimately, that kind of unexpectedly led to becoming certified as a life coach because I started realizing okay, I'm not the only woman out there who is really passionate about the Lord, but also really passionate about personal growth and goal setting and like time management and things like that. So I thought like, what if I could kind of combine those things and serve these women who are believers, but who also want to work on some of these things, but don't want someone like going about the goal setting and that kind of stuff in like a weird earthly or woo-woo kind of way. So (laughs) yeah, okay certified and um yeah it's been about five years now since I've been full-time in this business and God has done all of the work and it's been he's totally exceeded my expectations it's been really rewarding and really fun yeah I love that and I I just I'm picturing right now like when women come to you I imagine that a lot of them are feeling like again like they have this drive they have these dreams but I feel like a lot of them are just looking for that cheerleader, you know, that mm-hmm. that encouragement, that accountability, and also mm-hmm. the the clarity to know like what's working for them, what's not, you know, what are, you know, like what does God want them to do? How how does he want them to set up their lives so that they're being productive, but they're also staying restful and staying rooted yes. in him? So can yes. you maybe kind of break down what are some of the struggles do you 
see Christian women facing today and maybe even what sort of spiritual warfare or lies can be behind those struggles? Yeah. Yeah. I can get on a pedestal and speak passionately for a long time about how I think that distraction and busyness and the abundance and fullness of our lives in modern day America in particular is one of great Satan's greatest weapons against Mm. the kingdom of God in this era. And I just fear that we will, that like women in particular of our generation will get to the end of our lives and look back and not that we will look back and be like, Oh wow. I totally forgot about God. Look, I've been an atheist for 30 years or anything crazy (laughs) like that, but that we'll look back and be like, wow, I never really taught my kids how to pray or spent time over God's word with them. I never really cultivated the kind of community with my neighbors that I wanted to. And I don't even know if they knew the Lord, you know, things like that, because we were so distracted by a lot of good things that just weren't the best things. So I think distraction is a huge tool. And I think there's just a lot of my, like, in addition to the tangible fullness of our lives in terms of possessions and schedules, et cetera, there's just a lot of mindset wars that we are battling. And whether you want to say that that comes from us or the world or from Satan, I don't know. It's probably a combination of all those things. But I mean, as moms, we often resign ourselves to the fact that we just need to survive motherhood and there's nothing more we can do and we're just going to be a hot mess. And that's not biblical. We tend to think that other women are doing more than us. I hear this all the time from my clients. They all think that other people are getting more done or doing better. I can guarantee you every single woman is dropping the ball in certain areas, either intentionally or unintentionally. Um, they, women feel, a lot of women feel like they're failing, like they're letting everyone down. Uh, and interestingly, oftentimes that's the result of expectations or standards that they've designed and assumed rather than explicit expectations, but they feel Mm -hmm. like they're feeling they're not a good enough mom. They're letting their kids down. They're not, you know, whatever, all the things. Um, There's also this lie that as moms, we should, you should be savoring every moment, savor every moment because it goes so fast. And the reality is you're not going to like, not every moment is precious in this broken world and as a mom. And when you think that, when you feel like I should always be positive, I should be, I should always feel abundantly grateful for, for these children or for my life, even when it's crazy, that creates a lot of guilt and shame when, for example, like in my life yesterday, my two-year-old spilled tea on himself and on the vintage mid-century modern sofa that was handed down to us from Kyle's grandparents. And, you know, like, okay, in that moment, I'm not like, oh, I love motherhood. This is so great. I mean, by the grace of God, I didn't lose it or get as crazy and worked up as I maybe could have. But so anyway, I think that's something too that like, sometimes we just need to let life feel hard or let motherhood feel a little bit hard without spiraling into this horrible place about it. But you know, when we're creating more guilt and shame over the fact that we're not in this perfectly, you know, happy, positive place all the time. It's just like a vicious perpetuating cycle. Um, And then I think there's just a lot of this uh, 
especially if you are an Enneagram one like me. I already brought up the Enneagram look at like five minutes. I in. love it. Um, I love it. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Um, but you know, depending on how God has wired you, for a lot of women too are just always wondering, am I doing it right? Like someone tell me how I'm supposed to be doing all these things and like I want a rubric and I want to know if I'm doing it right. And I'm constantly questioning if I'm doing it right, especially as I compare myself to other women and other women. And I see how they're making different choices in schooling for their kids or what their work life looks like. And do they have childcare or not? Are they working or not? How are they parenting, et cetera? And that can be exhausting and crippling and again bring up so much guilt and shame or in the flip side it can create pride if we think we're doing it right and other people aren't and the reality is that we have so much freedom in Christ and you can make such a wide range of choices obviously some things are not a good idea and are outside of God's bounds but within the boundaries that we have as New Testament believers we have so much freedom we have so many choices and it would just do us and our families and the people around us a whole lot of good if we stop being so hard on ourselves and so critical of like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do it this way or, you know, maybe I should do it like this other person. And instead just to like be in communion with the Lord and try to live out the unique values and circumstances he's given you the best you can and just trust that it's probably going to be okay. Yeah, absolutely. And a few things that you said really resonated with me. Um, one is that there, there's a group of women who are struggling right now with feeling like a failure or feeling like they're mm-hmm. letting people down, letting themselves down, maybe even letting God down. And I just kind of wonder like what kind of words of encouragement or even like practical strategies or tips would you suggest to a mom who's in that season right now of feeling like she's a failure in some sort of capacity? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it it's helpful to just consider to start with, like, just because you may feel like a failure doesn't mean that you are. I mean, we, like, as believers, we know that we are free, and yet we still live as if we aren't free and kind of enslave ourselves. So um, try, if you can, to separate that feeling of failure from the truth, from the reality in your life. And it helps to be honest with yourself in those things. Like we, in our heads, we, pre- we tend to preach to ourselves these very distorted, very untrue things that are not helpful about, I'm the worst mom in the world, I, you know, whatever, like those kind of extreme things that when you say them right. out loud, they sound ridiculous, but inside we do entertain those thoughts and we don't really challenge them. Um, and so sometimes in like the world's, antidote to that or like attempted antidote is to be like don't say that to yourself you're the best mom ever or you know these things that also aren't they swing so far to the opposite Mm, side that they also aren't necessarily true and um it's like I've heard uh another life coach say before you can tell yourself if you are extremely overweight you can tell yourself all day long I'm skinny I'm skinny I'm skinny if that's just not actually true, that's not really going to make a difference for you. (laughs) What's going to be helpful for you if you're feeling like a failure as a mom is not to tell yourself things that are not true, but to like preach to yourself, to speak to yourself with compassion and acknowledging that 
yeah, you're not perfect. And yeah, you do need Jesus. And, and, and at the same time that you are probably not as bad as you think you are and that you are making steps in the right direction. Like, okay, yeah, you know what? That was not, I did not honor God in the way that I responded to my kids today. Um, like that's, that's not how I want to, that's not the, the model that I want to give them, but like God gave me a great opportunity to show them how to say sorry and ask for their forgiveness. Or, you know what? I, I thought to say sorry and I don't normally do that. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Or Mm. like, I am really thankful for these things that are going really well in motherhood. So even if this area is something that I really could improve on some, like God is still really working in these other areas. You know what I mean? So it's not like, you know, you're not preaching to yourself, like, don't think that way. You're perfect and beautiful and you're the best mom ever. And your kids are going to all turn out perfectly. And, you know, they're like, that's no, that's not true. Being realistic, I think is really helpful. Um, And if you feel like a failure, I think it helps to pinpoint to what, what makes me say that, you know, like we feel these very general feelings, sometimes like overwhelm or failure or anxiety. And if we want to move forward in addressing some of those things, it helps to really understand where they're coming from so that we know then more specifically how we can move forward. Um, And, you know, I always say like there are two main ways to shift your shift the way that you feel about something to change something you can change your circumstances so if you feel like you're a failure because your house is a mess for example you could change that circumstance by picking up your house that's a very those are very obvious things to do like okay or i feel like a failure because uh whatever i'm not like making effort in my appearance for my husband okay you could put some makeup on or something but we can also change the way that we feel about something just by changing our mindset. And I think mm-hmm. that's a really beautiful and powerful tool, especially as a mom, when you have little kids, because you're not always going to be able to, like, we don't have control of our lives ever, but especially not when your kids are really little, you definitely don't have control and um, complete control. And so when you can't take some actions to change the circumstances of something, we know that through Christ, we have the ability to feel, to think and feel differently about something, even if that thing doesn't change at all. Even if it doesn't get better or we can't do anything about it, we can still feel differently. And the way to do that is not some, like, here's a magic answer I can give you in 30 seconds. I mean, anyone who's done mindset work knows that it takes effort, (laughs) even as a believer. And um, the Bible is full of, like, full of good stuff to help you with that. Not to mention that there are so many excellent books and strategies written by believers and non-believers to help you navigate some of that stuff. But one thing that's helpful for me, if I'm, and other, many other people I know, if I'm feeling a certain emotion that is negative, to pinpoint what is the thought that's causing me to feel that way based on the circumstance. And then to try to, and this is kind of like loosely based on uh, the self-coaching model, which is from Brooke Castillo. And then to try to think what is a thought that I can think about that circumstance 
that is actually true that's going to help me to feel the way that I want to feel instead. So if I'm feeling bitter or I'm feeling like a failure or whatever it is, like, first of all, what is this thought that I'm thinking that's creating that feeling and emotion in me? And then what is a thought that I could think instead that's going to instead help me feel encouraged or empowered or confident or peaceful or joyful? And the trick with that is it has to be something that you can actually believe. Because again, to tell yourself like, I'm the, the best mom in the world. Okay, there's a lot of moms in the world. You're probably not the best mom in the world. <laughs> but to tell yourself something that's true and that you can actually believe does start to shift the way that you feel about something, even if the circumstance is exactly the same. And then amazingly, how we're feeling about something tends to seep into our action. So if we feel like a failure, we feel stressed, we tend to take action then that perpetuates that cycle. Whereas if we feel calm, confident, peaceful, whatever, that's going to seep into our actions and then likely create, you know, some positive momentum toward more positive thoughts and feelings and actions, etc. Yeah, absolutely. And what I love about what you're saying is that like, that in essence is taking your thoughts captive. And I yeah. feel like we see this said in scripture, we see things like, set your mind on things above, but we don't yeah. really know what that looks like in action, or we don't understand the importance of it to that, mm -hmm. you know, to the degree that it is. So what I just love what you're sharing about, like, paying attention to those thoughts that you're having behind, you know, the reason behind your feeling as a failure or feeling of maybe discontentment, like whatever it is that you're feeling, like, what are the thoughts that you're telling yourself? And I just think there really is so much power and replacing those thoughts and mm -hmm. preaching the truth to yourself you know how can we how can we be an encouragement and be a source of truth and life for our families and for our friends and for our community if we don't first know how to preach to ourselves and to speak truth over ourselves so I just I love what you're sharing about all of that and I and I so know how important that must be for the women that you work with because I think that we all have these thought patterns that we need to deal with at some point, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Definitely. And I'll make a, a plug that does has no benefit to me whatsoever. But for Jenny Allen's book that is coming out in, I think it's January of 2020, I have an advanced copy of it. And it's called, oh my gosh, what is it called? Get Out of Your Head. I think I'm getting Ooh, that right. Um, like that. So if you, yeah, like I said, I mean, there are a lot of books you can read on this topic of mindset and your thoughts and kind of taking your thoughts captive and some of them are by believers and some aren't and whatever. But um, I heard her give a talk on the book. And like I said, I have, um, and I was blessed to get an early copy and I think it is going to be a game changer. And I feel like it's going to become one of those books that I recommend to everyone and like profusely. So, <laughs> so if you're Ooh, listening to this yeah. and you're like, how, like, how do I start to take my thoughts captive? She literally talks about that in her book in a super practical way and she put a lot of work into the science behind it all so yeah. I love that I'm definitely going to be checking that one out Thank you for that <laughs> recommendation I love it yeah do you know who Jenny Allen is yes I do I do okay she's, okay um she's behind if is that right yeah if gathering yes yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel am like familiar. Everyone either has either like everyone I talk to Christian women they either have never heard of her or they're like 
oh my gosh, I love Jenny Allen. She is yes. such a gift. So yeah. if you're I, I listening was, to this and you're like, who is this person? Like, just go look her up. <laughs> yeah. Well, she also has a podcast that I listen to and I'm all, yes. all about yes. podcasts. So odds are if they have a podcast, I've heard of them. I know of them. Yeah. <laughs> that is how that works. So that is awesome. Um, let's talk a little bit about motherhood because I know yeah. that you have, you know, you've been in this motherhood journey while also being a achiever, being a coach, yeah. being this phenomenal Christian go-getter women, as you've said. And um, just talk to me a little bit about how motherhood has shaped your work as a coach. Mm, yeah, it's probably shaped it in many, many ways uh, that I can't even think of all at this exact moment. But it has definitely, it has shaped my work in the sense that it has helped me create boundaries for my work, which have been very healthy for me, an achiever and someone who enjoys my work. Because before I had a kid, I just spent a lot of my free time working. It wasn't in an unhealthy way. It wasn't at the expense of my marriage or other relationships. But it's like, well, if my husband's working late or it's a Saturday and he's out fishing, why don't I just work? So motherhood has shaped my work in the sense that it's caused me to create boundaries and um and to stick to those and to be like well I know people have very different setups and I know you Jesse are like crushing it at the fringe hours kind of fitting <laughs> in the work time but um it has been really healthy for me to have four o'clock on Monday Tuesday Wednesday be the end of my work day and then to allow my brain not just my body but allow my brain to really shift into my personal life and just mm. be in that space that's really healthy and I wish it's something that I had done better before I had my son to just be like okay this is the non-work time um I guess my husband and I did we were sabbathing and taking Sundays off before we had a kid but still um so I've loved the boundaries and just having a little bit more of that like set time aside from work, which is so, so healthy and so productive. I think it's also motherhood has also made me more creative with my work and more intentional in my work because when you, when you are, when there is a lack of anything, it creates creativity and resourcefulness. So a lack of time um, what feels like a lack of time or less time because I cut my work hours basically in half after having my son, but didn't really change much in my business and still had the expectation to bring in the same amount of income. That has definitely caused me slash us, my team, to be really creative in you know, what we say yes to and no to, how we go about things, how I get help from people and things. Yeah, definitely. Another thing that comes to mind related to motherhood and work is I feel like being a mom and choosing to still work to some extent while being a mom reinforces and strengthens your sense of vocation. Because if you are going to take time away from your kids or use precious nap time hours to work or whatever it is, you have to, it, well, you don't have to, but it helps a lot to feel like there is purpose behind that. And you see God's work in your work and you see how you are co-laboring with God. And so I, 
I'd be lying if I said that I don't ever feel a little bit guilty or sad that I work and that my kid goes to my neighbor's house three days a week for daycare and all that. I mean, even literally this morning, which this is rare because he loves going to Miss Sherry's house, but literally this morning, he was like, I don't want to go to Miss Sherry's house today. I want to stay home with mommy. And oh, I mean, that's like a dagger to the heart that could totally have spiraled downward into I could have let the enemy turn that into this icky thing and me feeling guilty and shaming myself for work and why am I doing this I shouldn't be doing this you know I'm gonna like take next week off or I'm gonna pull my kid out of daycare and quit my business or whatever but thank you Holy Spirit in that moment he gave me gave me like that sense of vocation and purpose in that work to be like I get to teach my kid that work is a good thing, that work can be a beautiful thing and that we get to work alongside with God and we get to serve people. And so we try really hard in our house to not say my, for my husband or me, Oh, I have to work. I have to go to work or to say to our son, you have to go to Miss Sherry's house today or whatever it is. We try to say, I get to work. And I tell my son, I get to help people today. I get to use the gifts that God has given me. He's two. So I don't know how much he understands, but like, I get to use the gifts that God has given me and I get to help people. I get to serve people. And, um, and as much as my work isn't blatant ministry, like I'm not Jenny Ellen or Lisa Turkers or something. Um, again, being a mom and having that time away from my kid has like helped me be more clued into the fact that any kind of work you do, whether you are working or you're not working, like whatever the work is can be done to the glory of God. And that is an okay and healthy thing to teach my kid and to show him that, especially because he's a boy. So he's probably going to be working <laughs> full time. So he's probably going to be leaving his kids at home, either with a daycare provider or with his wife. Um, and so I want him to grow up seeing me find that God-given purpose in my work and for him to be able to have that too. Mm, I love that. I love that. In our house, um, when I, you know, when I'm saying goodbye to my kids and they're going off on an outing with, with their dad, or, you know, if I'm taking time away upstairs while they're all playing downstairs and sometimes, you know, my eldest who's, she's almost three and she'll say, you know, mommy, I want you to come too. But what we say is, you know, well, mommy helps other mommies joy, you know, and just like, I know that she doesn't fully get it, but it, it's almost not so much for her as it is for me, you know, because I think that, yeah, like we, we need those reminders, just like what you said, like we need those reminders that what we're doing is it's all for the glory of God. It's a ministry in and of itself that is beautiful, that's powerful, and it matters. And and I, I fully believe that the work that you're doing with these women, it matters because just like going back to what we said earlier, um, you know, there are a lot of lies that are out there in the world. There's a lot of spiritual warfare that Christian women are facing today. And I think that there needs to be those voices like yours that are saying, no, 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 there's there's a better way. Like God has something different for you. And I want to help mm-hmm. you reach what God has for you, you know, and and fight those lies with the truth. So so mm-hmm. I just I just love the work that you're doing. I love the passion behind it because clearly you have a love for it and, and you're very <laughs> gifted at it. Um Tell me a little bit about, I know you mentioned that, you know, you've worked on setting boundaries 
And I know that one thing you've done um, somewhat recently is you've done an experiment with being social media free in your business. So Mm -hmm. I I know that since then, you know, you've kind of come back on as far as like Facebook and such, but you're completely off of Instagram and I am fascinated by this. So can you maybe tell (laughs) me like what, what led you to make that decision to try that experiment? And then also what fruit came out of it? Mm, Yeah. Yeah. So I think it was April of 2019 that we decided, I decided that we were going to take three months off completely and just test it out and see how it went and reevaluate from there. And it just kind of came out of constantly feeling like I was dreading anything related to social media in my business. I pretty much always have. And also feeling like I was just failing at it all the time. Again, going back to cutting my work time in half, like, you know, you have to change some things. You have to adjust your expectations if you're going to try to work half as much and still bring in the same amount of income. And so, yeah, social media just felt like this thorn in my side, like this perpetual nagging thing that wouldn't go away. And I know for some women, they love it. It's really life-giving, whatever. That's awesome. I think that's great. But yeah, it just always felt like the last thing I wanted to do. I never felt like I was doing it well enough. And and also, it didn't seem to be something that was really driving that much business or value or anything for our followers. And like, I'm super focused on my email list and providing really, really good content there. And um, yeah, and it just wasn't I, I didn't know for sure, but I didn't think that it was critical to the success of our business. And I'm a huge believer in not just doing what everyone else is doing just because they're doing it. And so I was like, okay, why does everyone, almost everyone think that they have to do social media? I've heard my clients say this over and over. Oh, I just struggle so much with Instagram or I really don't like Instagram or I really don't like Facebook or whatever, but I don't have a choice. And that's not true. We always have a choice. There might be consequences to that choice, but we always have a choice. So I was like, well, we're never going to know if these, if social media is critical to our business, if we don't just try going without it. So we just stopped posting for three months. And, and I should say, I have someone on my team who even helps me post stuff on social media. And I still felt like we were failing and like (laughs) I wasn't showing up and engaging enough, or I would try to go on and respond to DMs. And then I would watch Instagram stories for 20 minutes or something. And so, yeah, so we went off completely for three months and then ended up deciding that we were going to stay off of Instagram and, but then um, continue to use Facebook. We don't really post on Facebook that much, but we did realize hmm, almost all of our email list growth, almost all of our email subscribers come from Facebook ads. And if we don't know a Facebook page, we can't run Facebook ads. So we decided to keep the Facebook page and I'm still not quite sure what I'm going to do with my Facebook group, but I think that probably might go away. So uh, the fruit of it has been just more time feeling like less of a failure. Cause I think if there's something in your life that you perpetually feel like you are dropping the ball on, first of all, evaluate that thing and see if it really is important to you or not. If it's not, then just let it go. But um, if it is important to you, then either like then figure out a way to do that thing well so you don't keep feeling like a failure at it or 
figure out how to make that thing not care so much to you so that you can let go of it. So like mm. I said, I just kept feeling like I'm not doing this all. I'm not doing this all. And we kept trying all these different things and all these different approaches. And I hired someone to help. And I just still didn't feel like it was making a difference, making much of a difference, or like we were really doing it successfully. So maybe that's just me and my high standards as an Enneagram one. But um, so yeah, so I don't feel I have more time. I don't feel like I'm always behind on Instagram responses, et cetera. And my favorite thing I would say is just that I don't feel like I have to live life with what I call my Instagram goggles on. And again, I know for a lot of people, this does not bother them, but I think I just am a person who likes to compartmentalize things a little bit in my life. And so to go about my day-to-day life you know, being out and about with my son or whatever it may be, like eating my breakfast and constantly thinking, oh, is there a photographic moment in this? Oh, that wall (laughs) and my son's outfit are my brand colors. So I need to take a picture of him before we go into the doctor's office and like put it on Instagram later. You know what I mean? I just struggled so much with that. So, um, it's nice to just kind of be able to turn that off and not have to <laughs> not have to worry about that anymore. Yeah, definitely. And I get what you're saying about the Instagram goggles because I find myself <laughs> living life with those goggles on sometimes and I and I, I I like to give myself a couple days where I'm just like, eh, I'm just not going to post today, you know? Yeah, like I I I like good. to live out of the mentality that, you know, what's meant for me, you know, what God has planned for me will happen regardless of whether or not I'm posting at the right times or posting the right amount to my story. So I think that a lot, a lot of it does come down to like, you know, what do you put your faith and your trust in? And I love just hearing the fruit that's come out of that experiment through that decision. Um, I just think that's really amazing and, and very, very inspiring. And I'm I'm wondering if anyone listening today is maybe thinking, hmm, I got to try that for myself. <laughs> so thank you for sharing that with us. Um, uh, can you tell the listeners where they can find you since, you know, you're not on Instagram, but <laughs> tell them about how they can get on your email list and all the, all the ways that they can find you? Yeah. Yeah. So email is by far the best place to follow me and I love sending out super practical and super valuable tips and encouragement for go-getter Christian women who are on my email list. So if you want to hop on there, you can go to dianacurr.com slash workbook, and we'll send you a free workbook about lies that Christian women believe about time and some truths that'll help set you free, and, um, and that'll get you on our list as well. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for just taking the time to share your heart with us and for being an encouragement to whoever's listening today. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Jesse. 